everybody, welcome to B2B Breakfast to Business with your morning girl, Bea Lim, also the Managing Director of Team Asia. And it's a beautiful Monday morning to be celebrating or continuing to celebrate CSR Month or Corporate Social Responsibility Month here in the Philippines. So welcome to the second part of our two-part episode on Influencing for Good. So ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned to you guys last Monday, we are celebrating this beautiful month of really reaching out to our communities, giving back, nurturing them, and making a huge and positive impact on the lives of people who really need it the most. So last week, we talked to three amazing people. We had Isa Ipak, we had Ana Gonzalez, we had Paul Chuapoco. Now, these great people are um, influencers. They are great storytellers and their beautiful stories have told us that they have used their platforms they have used their talents for storytelling they've used their passion not only for the things that they love doing or the communities that they share but they use those things to be able to give back to be able to raise awareness about important issues and also look into programs of helping other people especially those who are in need so if you haven't checked out that episode please do so because on that episode we talked about the importance that even if we cannot help and save the whole world ladies and gentlemen we can save someone we can help someone and that makes all the difference we also said a food for thought that was um by brad montague and i would just like to repeat what we said there because it really does bring me so much joy to to listen to this quote and i hope it brings you joy as well and he says right be somebody that makes everybody feel like a somebody and i think that that's a beautiful way to start a week to start the week right is to just spread that love spread that kindness spread that sparkle because it is the first month of the second half of 2020 guys and while 2020 has been challenging in general we want to make it better and we can make it better right here in this conversation right here at b2b breakfast to business. So guys, again, we are back um, in the game for Influencing for Good. It's the second part of our two-part episode. And today we have a very special guest that I'm going to be introducing in just a bit. And we're going to talk about Team Asia's own corporate social responsibility. So um, for the folks who are just listening in on this second part of the episode and you haven't gone through the first um, half, which happened last Monday, we want to talk about CSR for just a bit. What is corporate social responsibility? And corporate social responsibility um, is the moral and ethical obligations of a company with regard to their employees, the environment, their competitors, um, the economy, and the number of other areas of life that its business affects. So CSR actually covers a wide range of important, very important issues such as the environment, social injustice, diversity and inclusion, equality, um, and the like. But, you know, for many, many brands, especially um, in the past couple of years, have really centered on two beautiful issues that um, a lot of people need to know about, a lot of people need to appreciate, and a lot of people, we all need to do something about it, which is the environment, because there are issues on climate change, and education. Education, because, guys, you know, I really do believe that the future of our world is dependent on future generations to come and what can really give them, you know, that jump off point, um, that 
that opportunity to dream big, to make great things possible is education. With education, they are able to open up so many different opportunities, so many different windows for them to succeed and achieve great things, but also to be able to learn the values, to learn important lessons in life that will not only empower them, but also strengthen and um, inspire them to move forward. So that is actually some of the social issues that are you know, being brought to light um, in the recent years. And one of those very big important issues, education, is something that we, Team Asia, really do believe and support. So why is it important for companies to consider having CSR programs? Now, let's go back to our definition and some studies as well to help support that claim. So as for the U.S. Chamber Foundation, CSR programs drive employee engagement. They also attract loyal customers, especially um, if the values of the company are the same as the values of the customers, they feel an affinity towards your brand, they feel an affinity towards that organization, and they, it makes them um, align their efforts or their um, you know, behavior with that of your own. Um, and it also, of course, positions your organization as a leader in the community and, of course, also a positive role model for others to follow suit. Now, there was this study actually way back, 2002-2006. This was done by Porter and Kramer. And that um, study actually says that before a corporation engages in any CSR program or activity, it must first determine which social issues should be addressed. In order for both society and the corporation to gain maximum benefit from the activities or the programs that they are pushing out for corporate social responsibility, the corporation must select socially responsible activities which are aligned with their particular business. So what does this mean? that your CSR programs, ladies and gentlemen, have to be aligned, have to be in sync with your why, with your purpose. You know, during this pandemic, a lot of the different things that really hit us, um, a lot of the different things that changed and evolved have really made us go back to what our why is, what our core purpose is, what is in our DNA as organizations, as businesses. Because, you know, at the end of the day, when things are changing, when there's so much noise out there, what brings us back to what it is that we do is our purpose. Why did we come here? Why did we put this up in the first place? Why are we working so hard the way we are? Um, and that is our purpose. That is the very core. And what Porter and Kramer is saying is that we need to go back to that purpose. We need to go back to that core why of what we are doing and why we are doing this. Um, and we need to align our CSR programs with that because um, it will reflect if it doesn't. If we just come up with a CSR program that is not aligned with our values, that is not aligned with our business, there is a question of why we're doing it. Now, don't get me wrong. Us giving back to society is a great and grand thing, but it means so much more when it is aligned with the things that you are doing, with the things that you are doing great at so that you can grow, nurture, and evolve your communities um, and make the best possible positive impact on those communities as well. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, CSR programs should be aligned with your why, with your purpose. You know, Simon Sinek did say that um, people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. And I would like to actually use Simon's um, beautiful line over there to really push this notion forward, right? With CSR programs as well, 
you know, people support um, not what you do, but people support why you do it. And that's why it's so important to go back to your core, to go back to your purpose and align your CSR programs with that one so we can make the maximum um, benefit and impact on the communities that we want to grow, that we want to nurture, that we want to move forward. And that, my friends, is actually one of the reasons why we are creating this episode on Influencing for Good because it Team Asia we really do love, support, and live for corporate social responsibility. So, you know, here in Team Asia, we um, value corporate social responsibility. That's 28 years of valuing corporate social responsibility and putting it at the forefront of what we do. We imbibe it in everything that we do in our services, in the campaigns that we roll out, the clients and partners that we serve and that we bring to the next level experience. CSR is at the heart of what we do. And because that is a with our value system. We're all about nation building. All the things that we do is supporting brands, supporting programs that will lift our nation because we all believe that we should be champions of the Philippines. We're all about transparency and fighting for equality, especially for women um, equality at the workplace because we believe that um, you know having an empowered um, uh, workplace will be make great things happen and that's actually one of the things that we talked about two episodes back when we talked about diversity and inclusion and you know what we're all about education because we believe that if we empower the youth if we give them that opportunity to shine and grow we are able to make already a positive impact for the future of the world so on that note i want to talk to you guys about my dream in a shoebox so my dream in a shoebox is team asia's corporate social responsibility program it's an annual christmas campaign when christmas starts here in the philippines and that's around September. So what we do is we call for donations of old shoe boxes, fill it up with school supplies, wrap it in Christmas paper, and give it to children across the Philippines. We tap different communities where children may not have access to education, or we tap communities where kids might have access to education, but they have run out of school supplies to continue with their schooling for the rest of the school year, which usually happens after Christmas time. So we also solicit you know, cash donations. We also solicit um, scholarship programs so that we can give more um, builders, the dream builders, um, you know, the chance to, um, you know, have schooling, um, to go through their schooling, to um, uh, take their education to the next level experience, and to also give back to their own communities. So we've been doing this for the past 12 years. So we are entering My Dream in a Shoebox year 12. We started with 200 shoeboxes. Um, last year, we were able to clock in about 66,000 shoeboxes. And, you know, it's just been such a joy that for the past 12 years, we have been able to help so many different communities across the Philippines so that um, we can build dreams for um, kids all over um, the Philippines. And we've had hundreds of corporations, hundreds of organizations and donors that have helped us make this possible and give the love and support to children in Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. So what we do here in My Dream in a Shoebox is to equip less fortunate Filipino children with educational assistance to help them make bigger dreams come true. So um, uh, with everything that's going on right now with the pandemic and, you know, um, different things shifting and a lot of us navigating through the new normal or the now normal, you know, My Dream in a Shoebox also has to evolve because we need to be able to cater to the needs um, of our communities in this new normal. And so 
um, uh, as we move um, towards um, the future reimagined, we are also shifting gears here at My Dream in a Shoebox and allowing the shoebox to also evolve and pivot its contents and goals to address what it is that our kids need now so that they continue dreaming big and making big dreams possible. So, you know, now that we are in our 12th year, we are evolving because the needs of our communities are evolving as well. And I cannot talk about my dream in a shoebox, guys, by myself. I need someone to help me out, talk about the wonderful things of my dream in a shoebox. And I, and I couldn't think of anyone um, better to talk, to, uh, my, to talk about my dream in a shoebox than our very good friend and partner of my dream in a shoebox who have made such a great um, impact on the communities that he has served and who has also been such a great counsel and friend to Team Asia and My Dream in a Shoebox. I would like to call on our very good friend, Father Didoy Molina. He is the parish priest of Christ the King Parish here in Las Piñas, one of the longtime beneficiaries of My Dream in a Shoebox, and he is such a staunch supporter. So ladies and gentlemen, um, if you are wondering how great the impact of My Dream in a Shoebox is and the love for education is, then Father Didoy is here to talk about it. Hi, Father Didoy. Happy, happy Monday. Hi, Bea. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much, Father Dido. And thank you for being a part of it because we couldn't have done it without you. We, could, we wouldn't be here with My Dream in a Shoebox if um, you know, we didn't have your love, support, and you know, um, awesomeness throughout all of these years. So um, before we, we go into all of my many questions about My Dream in a Shoebox, Father Dido, I, I would love for our listeners to um, hear about actually your own My Dream in a Shoebox journey. So I've talked about My Dream in a Shoebox for a bit. And so I wanted to know from your perspective, you know, um, what was your My Dream in a Shoebox journey like? Please tell us. My first experience of My Dream in a Shoebox was when I was assigned in San Pedro, Calungsod. Uh, before I be began my journey as a parish priest in Ascension of Our Lord Paris, and it was there that I got the opportunity and the blessing to get to know you and your family, Monette and Mike, and everyone at Team Asia helping out, serving in the parish community, and also in our outreach programs. And then when I transferred to San Pedro Calungsod, Monette gave me the good news that you have started and have a very successful run with the My Dream in a Showbox program and offered me assistance with our Christmas activities by sharing and giving joy to children with my dream in a showbox. And I'm very happy because we were able to share gifts to more than thousands, thousands of kids in the Paris community in Muntinlupa. And more than that, I'm very, very happy to hear that every year you were able to share gifts to tens of thousands of children. And that was my journey beginning in San Pedro Calungsod. And when I transferred to Christ the King Parish, I'm very blessed that you continued to offer your help and assistance in sharing joy to kids, especially during Christmas time. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much, Father Dida. It just brings me so much joy to also think about all of the years that we've been um, coming together for our gift giving. Um, every you know, year. Yes, every year. Every year. Actually, Father, I would like for you to tell our listeners more about that. So um, maybe you can share first so that they, they can actually imagine, right, what we've been doing all of these years. Can you share with them mm-hmm. what your pamasko para sa mga bata you know, typically um, would go? Like, you know, how, how would it be and why were we actually able to provide thousands of gifts for our children? Go ahead. We were giving gifts to children during Christmas. When I became, uh, when I was a new priest, when I became parish priest of Ascension of Our Lord Paris, but then we were sharing gifts to children, a few members of the community, and then we were challenged to give more uh, to children in other communities belonging to our parish. And I was surprised when members of the community were very generous to share and very much appreciative of the efforts of Team Asia sharing to thousands of children, especially in our parish community and nearby communities, giving Christmas gifts, Christmas presents, especially school supplies. And my personal experience of that was seeing the children receiving these gifts, shouting with joy, and really approaching everyone, those involved in the gift giving, saying their heartfelt uh, thank yous. And for me, um, I'm very, very happy that many members of the communities, business communities are involved and sharing those gifts. I love it. So um, those um, pamasko sa mga bata or the different um, Christmas um, sessions that we had was really about being, being able to bring in, um, was that right, Father? A thousand kids, right? A yes, thousand yes. kids per year. Um, and we would usually have it in like a multi-purpose hall or a basketball court where yes. where all of the children would be there um, to to have um, games to to have food. And at the end of the program, actually, um, uh, like what Father Dido had mentioned, they would be surprised to be receiving. Um, some Christmas gifts. Now, usually, um, these Christmas gifts would come in toys or donations um, that they could use for um, their Christmas Noche Buena and the like. But then, um, one of the things that we would give would be the My Dream in a Shoebox would be um, like filled with school supplies that they could bring to their family so that they can continue with their school. So, that was um, such a great joy. Like, you know, what, what Father Dida would mentioned also earlier, being able to see those kids like, you know, I think almost crying with joy, right? Being able to receive it. But actually, Father Dida, you know, my favorite um, part not only was seeing the kids smile, but it was actually seeing the volunteers smile. Like, it was so different, right? The the experience of seeing the volunteers' lives change as they touch other people's lives is so different. What do you think? I think that's the beauty of my dream in a showbox. It's not just giving the gifts, but also involving the givers. It's a mutual giving that the kids receiving these gifts are excited to receive this and to have useful gifts that they can uh, find joy in uh, everyday life. And also for the volunteers also 
receiving joy whenever they share these gifts, that whatever they have, they are able to share. And they also receive something, those intangible things, like the, the thank yous of the children receiving those gifts and the joy of seeing the children going home contented and happy because of the gifts that they have received. And I think this mutual giving is the beauty of my dream in a showbox. Nice. Thank you, Father Dido. I love it. I can't wait for Christmas time because um, that's that's the joy that um, can't compare, I think, to anything else. Like what you said, intangible. Um, the intangible, you get something back that's intangible, but but means so much more, right? Because it changes your own life as the giver. So thank you so much, Father Dido, for sharing your journey with My Dream in a Shoebox. I want to know, Father, um, to you personally, what do you think is the power of My Dream in a Shoebox? What you have shared with me, uh, what you have shared with our audience a while ago when you were introducing the project, I think the power is the power of giving joy to people, the power of empowering people to continue dreaming. And we do that by sharing whatever we have. I think that's the power also of teaching, not just the children to value education, but also companies and members of companies to value education and supporting people in the communities. I think corporate social responsibility is a very powerful act and concept in the companies that you were able to show people that it is possible to share whatever you have. You don't have to do grand things, just small things. But with these small things, you were able to do the very impressive thing that's, in a way, at first glance, it's very impossible to do. But you were able to do the impossible of sharing joy to thousands of kids. I think that's the power of, of my dream in a showbox. It opened a lot of possibilities for children and for members of the companies that corporate social responsibility and the joy of giving is possible to whoever would want to make use of it. Thank you, Father Dida. That really means a lot to me and to, to everybody else actually that's doing My Dream in a Shoebox. You were also very surprised. Like, you know, the first year that we did it, Father Dida, we reached 200 kids. Um, it was really, it was um, in 2009, we were partnered with the IT and Business Process Association of the Philippines, the IBPAP, and our friends from the industry then. And in 2009, Efren Peña Florida won CNN Hero of the Year. And um, he had, um, you know, a foundation, a Cariton Classroom. I'm not sure if you remember that. But yeah, yeah, I remember Yeah, that. so the Dynamic Teen Company. And so we said, you know what, why don't we give, why don't we support him if he is carrying his classroom in a Cariton? why not provide the support? And we, we tapped into the generous hearts of our friends and our families and our industry friends from the IBPAP and Team Asia. And we were able to solicit a little over than 200 shoeboxes, right? And and we gave it. We gave it to Efren Peña Florida and his, um, um, his community. And when we launched it the next year, it's still together with the IBPAP, we were so surprised that we already, we like from 200 shoeboxes, we already went into the thousands. And we were like, whoa, well, how did this happen? And then through the generosity of 
you know, um, you know, hundreds of corporations or friends and donors who really said, hey, you know what? I can repurpose my old shoe boxes and place school supplies, like things that were gathering dust in, you know, in my basement or in my bedroom. I could actually use it as, uh, as a gift for someone, and and give um something or some stuff like things, school supplies that will mean the world to a kid that uh, that you know is in um Zamboanga or that is in Holo, you know, or or in Quezon province that that uh, may not have access to these school supplies and you are giving them that bump, you know, that, that little push that they can continue with their education. So Father, um, I've shared what it is like in the corporate side. I want to also know from your side because you are very close to the communities. You are very close to the children. Um, I love what you said earlier that you believe that the power of the shoebox is about bringing communities together but also that it symbolizes joy. Um, to you, what do you think the shoebox symbolizes to the kids? What does it mean for the kids? For the kids, it's really joy, excitement of uh, the joy of being loved, the joy of being valued by the community. And I always remind our Paris leaders to choose the poorest of the poor, uh, the members of the community, especially the children who were not able to experience receiving gifts, a lot of gifts during Christmas, and not having the opportunity even to attend Christmas parties. And this for them is the opportunity to attend a joyful celebration of the community. That, because it's not just giving show boxes, it's the whole package, the whole program of the volunteers going joining together from different companies, from different churches, then giving uh, a good show program, interacting with the children, conversing with them in a very personal manner, and, and then telling the children you are valued, you are loved, and this is our way of telling you that you are a wonderful person, you are a wonderful member of the community. And I think that for me is a very moving uh, experience. I love that. That really touches my heart when you said you are valued and you are loved because there are so many children out there that do not um do not get to feel that, right? They it's something that they, they, they are unable to feel and it's beautiful to know that the gift-giving days that we have and the simple act of being able to repurpose something, again, that was gathering dust in your in the corner of your room and put something that that makes someone feel valued is, um, is out of this world for me. It's so beautiful. Um, so we talked about the kids' father deeds. How about the parents? Because I know that, you know, like what you said, you tell your parish leaders, hey, let's, let's go for the people who are, who um, really do not, feel the joy right do not get to experience christmas parties or receiving gifts or even being able to go to school what does the the shoebox mean to parents to their parents or to their families i think it's an invitation and a reminder also for the parents to keep on valuing their children to know that their children are loved not just by their own families but also by the whole community and it's a joy for the parents and for me whenever i see them smiling whenever they see their children smile when they receive gifts they also smile and they i think the joy of a parent is whenever 
they see their children happy. And whenever we are able to share the joy to the children, it assures and gives the parents the reminder that they are valued members of the community and that they should continue loving, supporting their children, even if it's very difficult, even if it seems impossible that their children have dreams, they should support it because the whole community is willing to help out. Beautiful. So I love, Father Deeds, that you touched on community. Um, just so that you know, community, I think, is a word that I use in every single B2B episode. <laughs> if I were to go back, because um, we've always known the beauty of community, but through this pandemic, the, the, the word community has actually, you know, um, has actually been front and center and has elevated its status. Like, you know, with us having to limit our movement, right, and actually have to practice physical distancing, that's when you realize how important community is and that our community and our love for community and the work that we do for community shouldn't, um, shouldn't all just be about face-to-face and being there for one another um, physically, but also in any form that it can. And I loved what you said that, you know, these little things are invitation for invitations for us to continue being part of a community, right? Um, how have you been? Um, how are you and your communities? Because I know it's been such a challenging first six months of the year. So um, I just wanted to check in with you guys. Like, how are you doing now? And how how has your community been growing or evolving through the changes happening in the environment? It's very difficult. Uh, it's totally unexpected. We were used to doing a lot of things, interacting with people, conversing with people, meeting with them, sharing whatever we have in our programs, in our activities in the parish. But now we have to adjust to a lot of things. Right now, our church is still closed. During the quarantine period, we have to celebrate Mass with only a few volunteers involved. And uh, we were live streaming our Masses. We were conducting meetings online and we were also having recollections online. But we were trying also to reach out to our communities in coordination with our barangay leaders on how to help out the poorest of the poor, those really uh, directly affected by the quarantine, who lost their jobs, who have no way of getting food for their families and I'm very thankful the local government leaders were very active, were very helpful, and were very cooperative with our church leaders in reaching out to our members of the community who need help. Right now, we're still adjusting, we're still studying how we can go about it, our reopening strategies for our parish church, and we we still are exploring a lot of things on how we can help everyone maintain a lively faith, a deep faith, while at the same time maintaining the safety and the health of those who want to be in the church. I know it's been such a... I mean, COVID-19, this global pandemic, has actually changed the whole world. I mean, things that we that we thought was... You know, things that were already ingrained in us, we've had to rethink um, means and ways to be able to pivot, not only in businesses, but in everyday life. And that 
also includes our faith, right? And the and the programs that we have in giving back to our community. So, Father, with um, you know, with what happened or with what's happening, um, has it affected also the different programs that your um parish has or that you personally have in reaching out to kids who, like what you said, um, need a lot of assistance or kids that do need help or support for their education. Definitely. We were very much affected by what happened. And we, personally, I'm still studying how we can go about it. The leaders are also exploring ways how we can reach out to our young people in the community, the children, and our youth leaders and volunteers are also challenged on how to reach out because we want to keep everyone safe, but we also want to help each other, support each other mentally and spiritually, emotionally. And first of all, we have to keep in mind that we have to keep uh, social distancing measures. Also, if you want to reach out to our young people in the community through online means, it would be very difficult for some who do not have online access also, do not have enough funds and means to have access to the internet. So we're still studying uh, means because it's very difficult. Like when people, parents would want to have their children baptized, we have to give seminars online. If we want to have meetings, we have to be online, but not everyone can attend because of the constraints of financial and also the logistical concerns when it comes to internet use. I know it's very hard, Father Deeds, because of course all of our different communities have different needs, right? I mean, we do have sectors that are um, that have different needs, and um, it's really a great balancing act, right, to be able to see how we can provide for all of those different needs. Um, so, Father Dieter, I know that My Dream in a Shoebox is not the only program, um, you know, in different parishes out there, especially in your parish. I mean, there are a lot of different programs that you guys put together um, for the children, for the parents, for the community as a whole. Um, and I wanted also for our listeners to see how beautiful these different programs of support um you know um how these these come together to to grow a community and make it stronger i just wanted to check in with you with my dream in a shoebox and the other programs or the other you know um support systems that you have for maybe other companies or other communities and parish uh you know uh, parishioners out there, how has your community grown over the years through the help and support of these different organizations? I'm very thankful for the support of the organizations, the companies, your company, Team Asia, because it empowers us to continue dreaming and supporting our children, especially those who really need help, especially those who need affirmation and support to achieve their dreams. We believe, I, we believe and support Team Asia in these projects because personally, I believe our dreams, our aspirations are aligned, especially in the realm of education. We want to support children to achieve their dream of giving a decent education so that they can help out their own families, they can help out in the community, and that's what you have shared in the nation building. And our parish community continues to support 
young people, especially those who want to receive college education by giving scholarships, because we really believe in the power of education. We really believe in the power of transforming people who can also be good leaders and who can really transform our communities. So that's what we really want to do, to support whatever, in whatever way we can the projects of companies and organizations and those who want to help the parish in any way. I love it, Father Deed. I love your term, transformation. I think um, that's all, what we all feel now. I mean, I, be, I truly believe that we are all being transformed with what's going on now, um, per se. But I love that you said that um, you know, our goal is to be able to help people transform as individuals and grow into the people who, um, you know, to, to be able to to move on, uh, move forward with their mission in life, right? Um, and we want to be able to empower and support them to do that. But I also love what you said about being able to transform them so that they can in turn transform our communities. And that truly is the message of giving back, right? It's you know, it's a beautiful thing to be able to give um, and it's also a beautiful thing to be able to receive. But when you receive something, what do you do with it? How do you give it back? How do you give back your blessings? And I think that that's such a beautiful, you know, learning for us to carry on um, as we move forward. Um, you know, not only today and this week, but, but as we think about the different causes that we want to support, right, is how does it transform me? How was I transformed? And how do I transform to be able to give back and transform someone else, right? Um, Father Deeds, we touched on, um, you know, how challenging it has been for you guys and, and how things have been really shifted in the wake of this coronavirus. Um, and I know it's been really challenging for you as well. Um, what kind of help do you guys need in this new normal? You know, as a parish, as a community that's transforming lives and building people up. Like, what, what, yeah, so for you, what is it that you guys need in this new normal? Right now, we have been exploring ways on how to reach out to our young people. And I think it's aligned also with problems our community and the different communities are facing. I think the whole country is facing this problem when it comes to education. That right now, we cannot go to classrooms. We cannot go to uh, have face-to-face uh, -face conversations. Uh, the teaching methods will have to be at best online and even the blended ways of reaching out to children. We are aware that our communities are poor communities in the Paris community, and many do not have internet access. So, and many also are not just having difficulties when it comes to education, but also financially, uh, mentally, and emotionally. So how do we reach out to those children who want to learn, but do not have access to learning facilities? How do we reach out to children who are having mental, emotional difficulties but do not have access to people who can help them journey with them? How do we reach out to people, especially the parents who want the best for their children but do not have the means to share the resources? so that their children can continue learning. Not just learning about 
things inside the classroom, but also learning about life, learning about values. How do we reach out to them as a church community, as a parish community? Nice. So it's really about being able to look into new solutions to be able to continue yes. with those programs, right? And Father Dido, at this point, I would also like to check in if there are different programs also that you guys are already doing now or that you are planning to launch in the future that you would need help on, right? Um, uh, because, of course, we want to be able to look into, you know, we want to tap into our amazing listener support. Um, you know, what are the means and ways that they can help communities like you? Um, like Christ the King Parish or any other um, community or parish church group or organization that are in the same dilemma as you mentioned, looking for means and ways to tap the people who really need it the most. Um, yeah, what can you say for that? I think we will, number one, I think we will really appreciate creative ideas on how to reach out to people, uh, especially the young children, how we can tutor them uh, guide them emotionally and spiritually using online tools and also how we can explore ways to share the faith to them using these different tools that we have. But I think the f first of all is before we share these things, we have to come up with creative ideas, plans, so that we will be able to choose the best ways in which we can reach out to these communities. And I think it's very important also for uh, us right now to also maximize the talents of our communities. And if we can receive help uh, being trained for this use of online tools like how do we give seminars online? How do we teach people online? How do we give food for thought, spiritual matters online? And uh, I, as I have mentioned even uh, before, if you can help us out, because we're doing online seminars, like for those who want to receive the sacrament of baptism, for those who want to get married, we cannot right now conduct face-to-face -face seminars and even interviews. We have to conduct it online. So how do we make these things engaging and also inspiring so that they will not just appreciate the sacraments that they receive, but really appreciate the faith that they have? Nice. So it's really also about being able to bring our organization, our church groups, and our faith in the online virtual space, right? Because that is where people are. And if people are not or do not have access to that, it's also about being able to look into creative solutions or creative ways to do blended learning. Um, uh, it's such a beautiful thing, Father Dieter, what you said. It's about being able to provide solutions or provide means that that people can appreciate and be thankful for their faith right especially at the time when we need it the most i think that you know um especially with physical distancing and us not being able to go to church or go to you know spiritual counselors like you it's so hard to to also be able to 
um, to break through that barrier, right? And so I, I do believe that a lot of people can help, especially those who are in the virtual space. Um, uh, I took note of that. Team Asia can help, Father Didoy. <laughs> so that's something that we can definitely do. Father Didoy, I do want to ask you um, one of my last questions for sure. Um, for you in, um, in this new normal, right? Um, and with everybody, um, with everybody giving back, right? Um, wanting to be able to give back, but, but may also feel challenged, right? May also feel challenged because, you know, we, uh, we do feel the financial strain. Um, we also, um, like what you said earlier, we are also challenged. Um, we may feel down or that we, you know, we are also struggling spiritually, emotionally, mentally as well because of what's happening around. What is your advice, Father Didoy, for people who do want to give back? Who, who do want to reach communities like you but may feel that um, you know they, they do have that financial strain or that they are not in a good place right now. Um, what would be your advice for them? We can always give in whatever way we can. We can support our own families. We can support our own members of the community by sharing a kind word, by telling and encouraging people especially those who feel down that they're being remembered, they're being prayed for, and those inspiring moments can really strengthen us and lift us up. I think that's an important thing that does not take a lot to give, but when we give, it means a lot to people. And people are very resilient right now, and whenever we help each other out, it's a way of giving back. That when we have recovered from whatever we are suffering from uh, painful experiences in life whenever we have become strengthened by inspi uh, inspiring words from other people then we can also share this pay it forward so i think it's, what is important is that we remind people these things shall pass we can overcome everything with faith with prayer with kindness and with love there are many depressing things happening around us. And the thing that keeps us going is the love of our families and of our friends. So it's important that we keep on giving, sharing our light, our life, and our joy to our families and friends. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Father Didoy. What kept on going into my mind when you were sharing that you know, piece of advice, those beautiful words was, um, you know, it's something that we always hear and something that we also see in a lot of inspirational or motivational quotes as well is, if he brings you to it, he will get you through it. And I think that that's absolutely true. Um, you know, it's always darkest before dawn, right? And like what you said, um, you know, we can always give back in different ways. We can give back by supporting programs financially. We can give back by... Um, um, giving our time and effort in producing different programs and helping communities like yours. But more importantly, it's the kindness and the love that we show people who are closest to us that I think will help us get through this. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Father Didoy. So, Father Didoy, if people do want to be able to help you guys out um, and to support your different programs, how can they know more about your parish or your organization? Is there like a, like a Facebook that they can go to or how can they know more about um, Christ the King Parish? 
we have a Facebook page that, that is where we post our programs, our announcements, our activities, and even our live streaming masses. And we can reach out to us and we can discuss ways in how we can collaborate and coordinate and help out the Paris community. Our Paris community is a very resilient community. It's a very happy, believing community. And we would like also to share that happiness and faith of our community to everyone. So it's not just that we will receive, but it, we also want to give. We also want to share. Right now, uh, during the pandemic, we started our chat group for members of the community so that we can offer prayers and encouragement to each other. And it's very helpful to each one of us. And slowly we transitioned. Our prayer group became an online selling community. We, we were selling, uh, we we're encouraging people to sell and support each other within the community. It's a way also of encouraging entrepreneurship in our Paris community, of supporting people who are in need in our Paris community. I'm very much encouraged by our Paris community helping each other, supporting each other. More than that, I'm also very much affirmed when people would want to share part of their sales and profits to the Paris church. So it's really a community helping each other. And I would want to encourage everyone to explore those ways and also to support your own community, those who are selling, those who are creating things that would be helpful to you and to other members of the community. I love it. I love what you said, Father, about your community, that you are a happy and believing community. I want to be part of a happy and believing community because, guys, you know, when you are part of a community that is spreading joy, spreading the love, and also believes in something that's greater than all of us, you know, it does uplift you. It does motivate you. It will get you through the storms that we were talking about. But more importantly, it provides you with the support that we need, especially during this very trying time. So there you guys um, there you guys go. Um, Father Dita just mentioned there they do have a Facebook page. So um, look them up, Christ the King Parish. Um, and you will be able to look into means and ways to support their happy and believing community. Father Dito, I thank you so much for joining us here at B2 be breakfast to business and sharing the love sharing your journey your personal journey for my dream in a shoebox and also what are the means and ways that we can help not only as individuals but as companies through csr through corporate social responsibility and how we can help your different communities and programs thank you so much father didai um thank so you as you know we have a food for thought here in b2b and i feel the love we should be spreading the love and joy to everybody else so I also want you to be able to share your own food for thought um, this beautiful Monday morning for our listeners. So with all of the things that we've discussed um, so far, Father Dida, what is the food for thought that you would like to leave our B2B listeners? Go ahead. I believe what we have discussed is the uh, power of giving, the uh, power of sharing joy. And it does not take a lot to share joy. To other people just should come from our heart but when when we are able to share anything that we have who we have who we are then we are able to share and share our joy and empower other people and 
does it would it means a lot to other people it means a lot to children so it does not take a lot but it means a lot Thank you so much, Father Dido. And actually, my food for thought for us this beautiful Monday morning, just to jump off of what you said, it's like, it means a lot to people when we give. It means the world to them. It's giving them the opportunity to dream. And throughout our conversation, I kept on hearing Walt Disney in my head <laughs> with what he said, with my dream in a shoebox and us saying that, you know, this beautiful shoebox symbolizes dreams and opportunities for not only kids to receive joy, but for parents, for communities to come together, be stronger, and for givers and um, for those who are giving to be transformed. All I could think about was what Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can become it. And I think that that is so true for every single stakeholder in any corporate social responsibility program. All of these different programs, we conceptualize it, we dream it, and it is um, it grows because we are able to dream it, we can make it a reality. And if we provide every single person with that opportunity to dream, can you imagine how much more beautiful, happy, and believing the world will be? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our B2B episode of finishing off our Influencing for Good two-part episode, and today, we had Father Dido Molina of Christ the King Parish, the Superman of uh, Christ the King Parish. Um, Father Dido, thank you so much for joining us and being part of the magic. Maraming salamat po. Thank you, Bayat. And more power to you and to your team, to your podcast. May you continue to reach out to other people and inspire everyone. Thank you very much, Father Dido. And so to all of our different listeners, guys, you heard it here in B2B. Guys, it doesn't take a lot to be able to give back and empower our different organizations, to empower our different communities. What we need to do now is to be able to keep the love strong, to keep our community strong because we can all get through this together. Um, the Beatles did sing that song, you know, we get by with a little help of our friends, so let us be that kind of friend who will help other people out. So there you have it. If you guys need help with your CSR programs or if you guys want to be part of this My Dream in a Shoe box um year 12 it's coming guys we're gonna be launching soon please do get in touch with us you know where to find us but if you don't i'm giving you that chance here please do tune in um uh, our social media pages we are on facebook www.facebook.com slash team asia ph we are on instagram tag us at team asia ph you can also find us on linkedin www.linkedin.com slash company slash team asia and of course our wonderful shoebox um uh, i mean our wonderful website it's www.teamasia.com and actually our my dream in a shoebox website is um in tune with our Team Asia website. It's www.teamasia.com slash shoebox campaign. And please be part of it, guys. Let's spread the love and let's make bigger dreams come true. There you have it. Um, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. May you guys empower, love, spread the good word um, this week and have a beautiful Monday morning. Thanks, guys. Bye! Bye.